Homeboy got two sprites. Yeah, this one's almost finished, so I got the backup ready to rock and roll. This is Jacob Ross with JLB Morelia. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. You're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Enjoy. Today and tomorrow, I have a child with the flu, so mm. I had to switch my days off. Um, but I got a lot done as a result. Oh, yeah? So I'm not complaining. Woke up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. You woke up at noon? Is that what you just said? <laughs> some dart frog tanks because some of them were getting fairly out of hand and <coughs> Ooh, snap crackle pop then I fed everybody I seeded a new tank with some isopods and some some springtails change some waters I need to do that and just did my thing what is happening? I really like. I I, I I can't wait for the day we get that bigger table, dude, because this is killing me. Yeah. I don't. Dude, like, I want a building so fucking bad to make a <clears throat> to make a podcast room. What in kind there. of building? Like Just one with shed. walls? Yeah, like a shed. It does sound like a building. Motherfucker. I don't know what. Well, did I have this? Ugh. Playing with knobs. <laughs> it's not you, funny. You that doesn't adjust anything, right? You go twisting knobs again. Okay. Um, so I got a lot done. Um, we had that legislation stuff, so I wrote the emails to the senators. Because now South Carolina is on some bullshit. Yeah. Trying. We are recording. Oh. I would have figured. Cool. My start gaze would have clued you into yeah. that. Uh, South Carolina is trying to ban the possession of native species. Apparently, the original bill was not worded correctly, according to the Turtle Survival Alliance, who are one of the groups heading this whole legislation, which is very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they don't. It shouldn't be possession. It should be only a certain species. But there's going to be exemptions and. Mm-hmm. Me and Phil talked about it on Snakes and Stogies last night for a hot minute because I had been included in that group like 15 minutes before we started. Right. So that's what we were talking about. uh, It's just... Whatever, man. You know? Just like other things in this country, if you just flat out ban heroin, that'll stop everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. If you can't, if it's illegal to sell heroin, no one's going to sell it. Exactly. They'll all just stop. Same thing with illegal wildlife. Yep. And so I emailed these senators, right? Then this guy from the wildlife commission or whatever for South Carolina called and we had a conversation about it. And he was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I basically told him, I was like, the turtle thing, I understand. Like, there is a problem. South Carolina does have a problem with turtle smuggling. Like, I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. But why are we lumping every other herb? Yeah. With into... those when those aren't an issue. Like, no, right. one's, no one's over-collecting corn snakes. No. I told him straight up, I was like, you go to a reptile expo, like, there's no demand for wild-caught corn snakes. No. There's so many people breeding them. There's, there's no point. There's little demand for, <laughs> you know, there you've... It's like nowadays the 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 normal and the wild type stuff is is more of a niche thing now. Like you have to be into wild type stuff nowadays, and there's just not you know there's lots of people who are into it, but it's not nearly as big as the market does. You know morphs and whatnot. It's just ridiculous. You know man. there's it's... not there's really not that many people out there just collecting corns and you know keeping them in their collection. You know there's a hand there's handfuls, don't get me wrong, there's still people who do it, you know, like yourself, you have a wild caught corn. You I have, have a couple. I have 3. Yeah. But here's this here's my stipulation with that is I did not collect them as adults. Right. Cuz I don't like collecting adults. Yeah, no, I, I, I find that, a snake it's going to be if I, if I find like a little nerodia, like a nerodia in the skimmer box. Mhm. Yeah, I'm gonna, like maybe I'll take it home, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it's coming. Like I'm gonna save it. Yeah. But, like me and Phil mentioned last night, if I take a baby corn, the odds of it surviving are probably pretty slim to adulthood. Like I don't want to take adults because adults have already made that. Like they've yeah, already survived. My they've thing already is, they're, the Darwin yeah, race. they're they're there. They're acclimated. They're you know I that that's always been my thing about taking stuff from the wild is I'll take babies. I I'm not saying I go out and just collect babies because i don't i haven't taken i've never kept a snake from the you know at least a local snake from the wild um but like i want every baby that i see right yeah so i mean like i'm content with a group of three right you know like what i have a trio is all i need that's all i should need two females and a male is more than enough Mm -hmm. is that what you have nice man you got lucky with that huh Are they all from around here? Yeah, two are from like almost literally my parents' property, mm-hmm. and then the property across the street. Nice. Is where that female came from like four or five years ago. Nice. And then that that other little female is the one that came from Green Pond, that smoking one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a different locality. That would be a different locality, then, wouldn't it? Right. Still Beaufort County, but that's like yeah. I call it the green. It's just labeled as Green Pond. Yeah, that's kind of the area it came from. It's still like technically Burton or Shell Point, not far from where you used to live. So then why do you call it Green Pond? Green Pond's <laughs> way that, out that there. That neighborhood, dude. that neighborhood is called Green Pond. Green Pond's Green Pond, South Carolina is way out of here. Though that could be confusing. I just have it labeled as Green Pond. It's really like Shell Point, Burton, whatever you want to call it. Green Pond makes no sense, dude. That neighborhood is called Green Pond. Just because it's a neighborhood didn't mean. It. God, Jesus, whatever. <laughs> so this is really frustrating because obviously corn snakes yeah. are such a huge part of the hobby, really everywhere except Georgia. Which, if this crap yeah. goes through, this we're is, gonna be Georgia. We're gonna be another. Yeah. Except, isn't Georgia like just corn snakes? They're talking about all natives for us, so that would include rat snakes. Georgia's all natives. All natives? Oh, it is? Okay. I thought it was just corn snakes for some reason. I think you can keep native venomous. That's so stupid. But you can't keep native non-venomous. I, that may, that's... Which I could be wrong if someone's in Georgia listening, correct yeah. me, but no, that it sounds, is a little ridiculous. That sounds right. So, 
sucks because South Carolina has been so issue free for so long that now, and I all of a sudden, now, yeah. And I told the guy straight up, I was like, "Here's the problem. This is like a foot in the door. Right. This is what it, like I, was, the, I told him. I was like, the Center for Biological Diversity is basically an animal rights group that doesn't like the hobby. They don't want us keeping anything. Mm-hmm. I don't. And I told him. I said, I don't know if the senators are aware of this, but you need to look into these guys because they're, they may not be what you think they are. You know? And I said that, I was like, I don't really know a whole lot about them other than that. Mm-hmm. Like full disclosure. I'm not trying to be biased. I'm not trying to be like, do what I say. Yeah. Think the way I think. Just like things for you to consider. These people yeah. are no different than PETA. You know? It's, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's, uh, it's bizarre because it's targeted more like, it's supposed to be targeting more towards turtles, but yeah. then for some reason they're like on native reptiles and amphibians. And right. Like, I thought turtles like, whoa, were a problem. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like what happened? But the guy yeah. agreed with me. He's like, yeah, that it does seem like it's overkill. And I said, you like if we meet in the middle and basically say you can't catch adult rat snakes. Yeah. Which they have an amendment in there right now. Uh, for any wild type, you can keep it as long as it's captive bred and under like twenty inches. Which is fine because that stops people from going and finding adults, taking but, them all out. But like, so does that mean it can grow past twenty inches and you're good, or by the time you receive it, it has to be under twenty inches? That that's been my do question. Does it have, as an adult, does it have to be under twenty inches? Is what I'm saying. Because as an adult, they are not under twenty inches. So that's right. my thing. Is right. it is it do they have to be under twenty inches upon possession or like overall at the end of their life they have oh, to be no, under no. twenty inches? Possession. So upon receival, then uh, yes. yeah, okay. Which I mean, that's because it, it was worded weird, you know. Yeah. So I'm, that's why is... that that's what confused me. I'm like, okay, are we only allowed to keep? snake you know native species that stay under Mm -hmm. 20 inches because that's virtually nothing in the hobby at least or is it when you get them they have to be under 20 inches or whatever yeah because i had to kind of ask that question myself i was a little confused on it uh i don't know i mean i i I told the guy straight up i was like because they're they're putting a law in place that makes it now illegal in south carolina to release pets into the wild which, which i was like okay yeah i'm 100 percent behind I said, this that is kind like, of, I, I told him like, this is kind of laughable because what are the odds of you guys actually catching someone in the act of doing that almost none right and then if you do find something you have no way of knowing who had who, it who how long it. it's been loose yeah. and he's like yeah i know i was like so that's like a law that's literally just put out there to make the public feel better yeah that's all it's gonna do like you're not what what are the odds of you going and finding someone releasing their ball python and and like right place no, right you're time right. DNR is there you're right but at the same time it could also deter somebody from doing that you know obviously if they want to release it just because you know maybe they don't have much of a conscience anyways but who knows um it might deter somebody from doing that and you know yeah it might make the bug feel better it might make the people who make the final decision feel better you know whatever you know, if that law is put into place to keep things the same, that's fine with me. Like, I don't have that issue. I'm not going to be releasing anything into the wild ever. So, 
One of those things. Sorry, I'm trying to find the graphic. It's really unfortunate. Um, like, I have, I have no issues meeting in the middle and there being some regulation on some things within reason. You know, things like indigos and southern hogs that really do need this kind mm-hmm. of protection. Right. But I also told him, I said, dude, you go, like, outside of a handful of species native to the state, there's really no one out there over-collecting these things to the point of detriment. Like, no one's going to go out and over-collect copperheads until there's no copperheads left. It's not going to happen. Right. But... Um, so that's just a little update on what's going on. Uh, yeah. It sounds like there's going to be a hearing about it on Thursday the 14th. So if there's anyone in the Columbia area, we need more people to go. I unfortunately will not be able to because I will be working because of my fluish child. I had to swap days around, and my chances of getting Thursday off are pretty slim. And I do not have any leave from work, so that's you one of those. used it all for the holidays. Yeah, well, I didn't use it all for the holidays. I only used a day for the holidays, but I had stuff come up before that, some personal things I had to tend to, so I had to use yeah, time and yeah, it all. Yeah. It's one of those things. I can't leave work if I don't have leave time, so. Oh. <clears throat> All right, so tonight we have uh, Adam Emmerich of the Articulate Reptile. He uh, he does like taxidermy stuff, so like skeletal articulations and. I wouldn't call it. What do you call it? Taxidermy. It's taxidermy. Ish. Ish. We'll let him be the judge. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be a form of taxidermy. I guess when I think of taxidermy, I think of you know heads. Like I not not skeletons of animals, well, like tax, full there's, there's animals. Different kinds of taxidermy. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess I see the that uh, aspect of it. My Facebook messenger is getting all kinds of messages. Yeah, so, my phone's been blowing up all day, dude. I know. I'm sure Jesus. it has. So I sent emails to both senators. I got a call back from one. The other one, I really don't expect to hear back from. One of them, the the one that I heard back from, he's actually a, our district's Republican for the Senate. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I was yeah. like, dude. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Beaver guy right here. And it was one of the guys from, like, the Wildlife Division of mm. South Carolina that called me. It wasn't just some assistant who was like, I have no idea what's going on with any of this. Yeah. You know, he, he, he asked me some questions about the hobby. You know, he was like, how, so on your end, he's like, how bad do you think the the smuggling situation is. And I was like, well, it's been pretty well known that South Carolina is a loophole state when it comes to turtles. Right. That's no, that's no, I secret. honestly, I honestly didn't know that. Uh, that's so the first I'm like, hearing about that. Yeah. These things need help, but there's already laws in place for collecting these. Yeah. Like it's already, already illegal to smuggle if, turtles. Like, like, well, it's, there's limits to what you can take and can't take. So I was like, if this is still a problem, then clearly your original laws that you did aren't working. Right. It's like what you need to do is make the penalty for the people doing this so strict that they're never even going to freaking breathe on one of these things again. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because it doesn't do anything but hurt us. They don't care. It's just like guns or drugs, whatever. You know? Laws have never stopped them. No. It's because it makes them money. 
they like money more than they like being a good person. Right. They're criminals. Right, and that's the thing <laughs> is like what it's like yeah, put put bans, laws, whatever in place for the criminals that are doing illegal shit. Don't put laws on us that are that when we're not affecting anything negatively realistically <laughs> you know um this is episode 65 by the way yeah 65 that's almost that that's more than half of 120 it's more than half of 100 <clears throat> Whoa. what are we gonna do for our 100th episode i don't know we need to do something special what should we do it's gotta be live it's gotta be it's something gotta be live like our one-on-one it's got to be, no, it's got to be something, uh, we got to do something in it. Get drunk. It's got to be extra. I mean, yeah, we can get drunk, but. I don't really want to get drunk. Me neither. I'm ready for Carpet Fest. Oh, <laughs> speaking of getting drunk. Speaking <laughs> of getting drunk, February 8th <laughs> at Terrestrial and Arboreal's facility yeah. in Rose, Florida. Florida. Dun, dun, dun. I'm thinking about, do you have a tent, first of all? Mm, I can probably get my hands on it. need to see if my parents still have I told you how they threw away the one we used last year, right? Yeah. They got so frustrated with it that even they just took it to the dump. They were like, yeah, screw this thing. Was, yeah. Oh. oh. Hello. Hello. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing, I'm doing fairly well. Good. Doing fairly well. What's uh, What's been going on today? Oh, today was a pretty busy one. Um... Finished up the black and the uh, western uh, green mamba shadow box pieces I was uh, working on. Uh, just trying to get them set. Uh, did a frilled dragon whitening uh, in the process of doing that right now. Um, what else? Working on a tiny uh, Amazon uh, tree boa. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Bunch of little things. Nice. Yeah, I was actually yeah, was... I was actually watching your live feed of the uh, Mamba the other day. Um, yeah, tuned in and got got <laughs> we some. We both uh, were. I was like, yeah, I want to get this guy on. I sent it. To yeah, I was like, check this out. Automatically, well, I appreciate I like, yeah. the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to, uh, I appreciate the opportunity uh, very much. Because well, uh, cool. I do, I, I do like to do the the live streams, and I do love to engage uh, with people. So you mm-hmm. know, it's. It's uh, it's a great opportunity, and I again I want to thank you guys a lot for it. Now, Absolutely. do you mind if I um, uh, switch the speaker function? No, that's fine. All right. Shouldn't make a massive difference. Uh, how's that for you? That's fine. Yeah, perfect. Yep. All right, just just let me know. I I tend to my voice is very loud and strange. I'm like a goose. <laughs> That's all right. Justin's like a uh, Sasquatch, as, uh-huh. as I like to say. Uh-huh. So uh, you're actually very soft-spoken for your size, though. Me? I'll give you that. I yeah. know. I've, I just like my you balls pretty, never drop. No, you I got a pretty like a soft voice. I wouldn't oh. say you sound like you're 12. You just have, you know. I feel like people are terrified of me, voice. and then I open my mouth, and they're like, oh. really? <laughs> You could. You, you're doing much better than I do. I have a. I have a particularly high voice, and I'm uh, in my 40s. So it's like, oh, I, you, I didn't think you were that old. And I'm like, well, thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> thanks, Mister. Hey, that'll be good though. You know, when you're in your 60s, 70s, maybe think you're in your, you know, 50s. So at least there's oh, that. Oh well. 
you know? Yeah, you know, we'll see. Maybe like, you know, maybe they will. Maybe they'll they'll drop eventually. But you know, <laughs> right there with you. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about that until I was like fourteen. Oh, really? Everything just kind of fell. Everyone wanted to know. Yeah. Jesus. So. I think what contributes <laughs> to it mostly is I just I I, uh, you, you know I, there's no, there are no pictures of me on uh, my uh, my Instagram page and I just do that because it's a business uh, site you know but I have big I have big nose I have a big ass nose so <laughs> <laughs> I kind of had like the 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 Streisand effect but not the one you always hear about this is a different Streisand effect <laughs> makes your like like the the fucking jurassic park movie where the raptors were like you know vocalizing through their na- their nose and stuff it's like yeah that, that's me <laughs> oh um, man yeah well we are going so right. we'll just kind of jump right into it yeah and we give don't everybody a, a general justin doesn't give justin and... doesn't give any warnings about anything for I keep as it far as recording natural yeah. keep it loose yeah. Keep it loose. This is like loose. the auditory version yeah. of a nude beach, dude. No one, <laughs> no one is safe. <laughs> no, I mean, I dig it. I, you know, it's it's like the like I said with the streams. I just I I, I like to talk informally to people. You know, it's, you're not bullshitting with people and not putting on a, a face. It's like, yeah, this is the guy. This is the guy who gets pissed off and rees every now and then or swears over a snake skeleton so it's not going to be like you know it's not scripted yeah you ever get people on your live streams that are like man this is boring oh yeah see you later i had a guy do that one day and i was like i remember even what i was doing i was building a cage or something or changing waters and i was like sorry bro this is boring i gotta go it's like bye that that's fine i mean you know you can go you, you go fucking watch TikTok for all I care. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, which is probably, you know, probably what they're going to do because they have the attention span of a hamster. Um, <laughs> it's like when I was a kid, you know, I can imagine having like turning on like the dialing up the 25 free hours America online and being able to watch <laughs> like some of the shit you see on Instagram live, like some of these artists and scientists do all this content. And, you know, nowadays, you, you could probably you could probably set yourself on fire and it's like yeah well, you know whatever you know this is fun for like 30 let seconds. me take a That's selfie cool. <laughs> i want to change it before he hits the ground it's been done uh, but yeah i guess uh jumping jumping right on into this i guess uh i want to start with a little little background on yourself and uh who, who you what, want. when where why and how yeah. who who what where why and how so who i am um you know, I guess it's represented through my, you know, social media accounts. Uh, my real name is Adam, uh, but uh, the the guys under which I operate is the Articulate Reptile. And what the Articulate Reptile is is now it's it's turning into a, a full fledged business for me. But it was uh, it had so long been, you know, I, I didn't have the name the Articulate Reptile until I decided to try to make it into a business. But it's just like, you know, the the what is you know just kind of where i've ended up after having like a hobby of like doing skeletal articulation Mm -hmm. and bone cleaning you know um and yeah i mean in itself it's 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 not a very complicated story you know i went to school for 
biology and you know one of the labs had this big ass dermestid tank in it and i was fascinated with it you know because they used to stick like chondrocraniums and like big old fish skulls in it because it was a biomechanics lab and they used to study all that stuff break it down and i just thought it was awesome that these bugs could you know turn this horrifying you know mess into something that was you know you could you could then put back together and you know i'm a i'm a real i've always been a real sucker for the kind of old natural history mm-hmm. kit you know the skeletons and for to a lesser extent wet specimens you know natural you know the stuff that you know the guys back in the day you know it was the only mean of you know means of like physically recording an animal that you know didn't live indefinitely right mm-hmm. i thought that was i just thought it was pretty cool and you know gr- you know my graduate work and all that gave me access to like um, you know the resources and to like say oh you know you could do stuff like this and then so I just started to do it as a hobby just purely as a hobby and I had graduate school friends that would bring me like animals like oh my my uh, guinea pig died can you can you do something with it and I was like yeah why not I'll give it a shot but it was never it was never for money or anything it was just like oh can I do this and then you know, I I go and buy like a live chicken, not a live chicken. No, I'm a live chicken like a food. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I go to the butcher, you know, the specialty butcher, and you get like a whole duck or a whole chicken. Yeah. It's like you know, and after I, I I don't know, it's just it's practice, and of course, uh, I don't know, it just kind of spiraled out of control from there. It's it's a long story, so you know, out of control is a very is a very broad. I mean, broad statement we're, we're i mean a lot of, we have yeah out of control like out of control is in like now i have i'm gonna have like 10 10 bear rat snakes or yeah like, exactly that's, where do we draw that's what line? i mean like what's out of control out of control to the average person is 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 me and justin with what we do you know so i think it's a very yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I mean out of control out of control is really good because now i'm just inundated with people you know giving me the animals nice, or, yeah people. i guess yeah out of control would be like I can't take this because I don't have space in my freezer. Because yeah, of my bodies. Actually, I mean, I never thought I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I'm sorry, I can't take it right now. Yeah. This quarter, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, you know, I've got a, a freezer full of, you know, well, I mean, a bunch of stuff, you know, <laughs> all sorts. I can yeah. I, 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 I give it a mental list. That's awesome. Uh, of all the stuff that's in there, but it's everything from you know, big old leopard tortoises, iguanas, and you know. Some stuff I don't even know. I can't even remember. I, I write it all down and I list it when I and I get it from people. But sometimes I'll I'll just be digging through there and I'll be like, holy shit, there's another Mata Mata in here. Or something. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like I was like, that's great. I don't want to do one of those. Again. The door to Narnia. You never know what's on the other side. You dig deep enough, who knows what you'll find. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> That's cool, though. Man. Yeah, man. Like, like that's. Do I feel like this doing is awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's. It's such a cool. It's such a cool thing, man. It's just it's. I mean, the first thing I thought. Yeah, it, to me, like it, it brings life to 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 does. the dead, man. Like, and that to me, that's awesome. Like, even after it's passing, like it can still be well, something beautiful. I have those wet specimens, right? Like, I've got some of those conjures. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. And people are always like, "Why did you save that?" I was like. This is why. I kind of want to remember it, you know. I don't want to just trash it. Right. Like I want it to be somewhat useful for something, even if it's some bizarre sort of decor. But well, I mean, you got to remember one of the one of the top museums in the country has like two million, you know, bottles with dead things in it. Mm -hmm. You know, 
physical collection. I mean, it, it's, 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 you know, my whole thing is as long as the animal, you know, is ethically stored. Yeah. And displayed, you know, I guess, I guess you could say tastefully. In other words, right. like, uh, somebody doesn't, you know, without consent to the, to the, to the owner or, or, you know, had this animal do something ridiculous with it. I've never seen that happen. That, that, that's like, that, that's like the worst case scenario type right. of thing. Cause all the people that I, I've, I've, that have, I've interacted with and like the, the skeletal articulation or the wet specimen or the, you know, the diaphanization communities are just super legit about what they do and they're straight up and it's a, it, it, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, there is no self regulate, like perfectly self regulating like system, but people in the community go out of their way to make sure that if there's, there's people that like post stuff or even if they're asking questions secondarily, it's like, you know, by the way, you can't do that because, you know, in this state, you have these laws and all that. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, I get plenty of I get plenty of work. I get plenty of of animal specimens, you know, because I've built myself up to this point. But I don't have to go and I don't have to poach and I don't have to take stuff from shady people or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't go to PetSmart or Pet Supermarket and, you know, try to get their you know their dead I'm here to adopt yeah. a cat. you know i mean those guys, <laughs> well those guys you know those guys aren't, aren't aren't very legit uh when it comes to the sources of their animals right and their consistent husbandry you know because they you know, they hire a bunch of kids and pay them eight bucks yeah. an hour they give a rat's ass about a carpet python or a, a bearded dragon you know might as well be a little caesar's pizza or something I, yeah. you know again you know I'm not saying that they're not people that can you know, cable this type of stuff, but it's, it's not exact. It, it's a specialty kind of skill to be able to provide husbandry for these animals. Right. You know, so you don't just put anybody in charge of it. I don't know. Yeah. Were I you know, always I like a reptile guy though, before you kind of started doing this? Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, I grew up in Florida, so I was always chasing something you know i constantly brought snakes and lizards and shit into the house when i was a kid uh it's such a it's such a cliche thing to say but i mean i truly did you know i lived like adjacent to a golf course and it was just smack in the middle of this big oak hammock and cypress dome kind of ecosystem and there was just tons of friggin animal you know tons of venomous snakes Tons of frogs and all, you know, turtles and shit in the retention ponds. I mean, it's like a candy store for somebody like me because I mm-hmm. love that type of stuff. Right. You know, and yeah, I mean, there was kind of, I was a hobbyist when I was younger. Uh, you know, I had quite a few animals, but then, you know, after I went back to school, I kind of just, I definitely was, didn't have the time for it anymore. So I, I gradually, I never, I didn't add anything new. So everything either died off or, you know, I, I gave it to a friend or something. Um, but yeah, but I also ended up studying reptiles too when I, when I went back to graduate school. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked with the, I worked with, uh, with, I say I worked with like, you know, these the, the animals were like in conjunction with me, like little meetings. Um, I worked uh, on uh, Florida Sand Skinks, which was pretty cool. So, At what point was it that you kind of got into the articulating thing, though? You know, like I said, during graduate school, it was a kind of on and off 
thing because you know I figured out about dermestids and I learned that I could keep my own and it was it was just like uh, you know uh, a piece of roadkill here you know because everybody starts I, don't, I mean I, you can't find an articulator or somebody like that he's going to take the high road and be like oh I never had to use roadkill people pick up roadkill a lot of people sustain their entire businesses off of salvage so mm-hmm. you know don't 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 talk down to me about not harm. <laughs> oh, I know uh, you saw that possum <laughs> and scooped it up with a shovel. So yeah, I mean, yeah, with I mean, you know, we, of course, the labs that I worked in were a lot of you know bio biomechanics labs and uh, animal disease labs. So this, and they used a lot of exotic uh, species as, as uh, you know test animals and stuff like that. And you can't reintroduce that stuff. So everything was euthanized. Everything was put in freezers and it just built up over time. And, you know, I went to, you know, I went to the the faculty and I was like, look, you know, you need this stuff gone. You know, none of it's protected or, you know, threatened or anything or what, what there was actually one species that I couldn't work on. But, um, you know, and my advisor was like, yeah, fucking clean it out, man. Get rid of it. And so I, I got to practice on all this really cool stuff. Like, that was in, you know, these biology labs and, and, um, I just took off from there. But then, you know, of course I went and I actually got a real job like a normal person. And then <laughs> it was like three and a half years before I even got back to articulating again. So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, I had a good time. I mean, I liked about three quarters of the time I spent in that job. So it wasn't a bad transition, but it definitely, uh, was, the impetus for me to try to like just go with my gut and be like you know what i really like doing this stuff i wonder if people would buy this from me and then i think june of 2018 was the first time i actually sat down at a convention and tried to sell my stuff <laughs> and it's it, i mean it it took off you know nice. as, at, at least as far as i am right now which mm-hmm. you know uh, I'm, which is constantly busy, so I must have been doing something right. I don't know. But I, I'm in a place where, you know, I'm very happy because I get to work with all these awesome species and do this, you know, this hobby that I enjoy, and then people pay me for it, which is great. Yeah, I mean, that's the best of both worlds, man. Yeah, man, that's, that's, the, dream. that's the dream, man. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, you know, not to say that I'm still not, you know, I'm – it's not an easy job any stretch of the imagination just because oh, yeah, I work no. out. It's like, I mean, I am, and I'm still, you know, there's always room for positive growth. Let me just put it to that way. Right. Yeah. You know, of course, there's always room for, you know, for, for, for the trend to go up. Um, but I measure, I, I kind of measure this, like I mentioned, I, I measure the success of the venture so far as the fact that I'm never not busy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, watching yeah. the live streams, it is legitimately like an art form. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, it's art. It's, watching that, I don't that care was what anybody says. no. That yeah. was That's a, uh, watching you do that was just incredible. I can I can't even imagine the time that has to go into one of those well, pieces. Well, I mean, to be honest, though, I, I do kind of agree with some of the you know the people on the stream because you know watching me glue four hundred ribs, it's fucking. Trust me, it's boring on my side too. <laughs> like. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, doing a snake or something is great because you can just zone the hell out yeah. and I can put on some music and just run, you know, the snake and get it all set. And 
boom, done. But then there's also something to be said from like building, uh, doing like chame- like a really cool chameleon action pose scene where, you know, uh, I can get it together in a couple hours and I can watch it take shape on like two consecutive screens. And I, I've done that before. I've in- in- assembled entire pieces. Wow. Um, and yeah, I, that's, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all gratifying in its own way, but um, I am a little, I'm ready to kind of walk away from the snakes for a little bit. <laughs> Take a little bit of a break. <laughs> well, it's funny because I actually have like this two meter BCI I have to uh, clean tonight, um, which isn't that big of a deal. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. I would, a lot, I would, I would imagine the bigger ones are probably a little easier as far as, you know, the fine pieces. You know, well, yeah. Well, as far as, as far as the, the general assembly, everything kind of just being, very large and you know I, I mean i probably won't assemble the animal because um it's one of those animals that i got from uh somebody that you know they lo- they lost a certain number of animals over a certain number of years and built up in the freezers and then people call me and then all of a sudden i i get like you know 15 bcis mm-hmm. or something like that and then the, the next three weeks is just dissecting snakes cleaning the skeletons and then partitioning the skeletons but not assembling them into like you know areas where i can get them ready if anybody asks for them because that's kind of like a that's a big snake that's a high dollar like that's more expensive you know a, a, quite a bit more oh i'm sure uh so i reserve that work for when the time comes to have mm-hmm. it you know and but uh, but on the upshot is that the beetles get fed and uh i clean out my freezer and then i have a big ass snake which in the end if i only end up selling the skull and I could sell the vertebrae and the ribs to uh, people that make jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people are looking for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I sure as hell have quite a bit extra. Hmm. You know, it builds up over time. I have the craziest, like, cabinet full of, like, all of these, you know, like, one of them's, like, mammal toes, and one of them's, like, <laughs> turtle toes. It's like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Last I know, year it, at Carpet Fest, they had an alligator dick. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, 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 well, it comes in handy too. Because it's like you know, so often I have to replace a bone or you know. Oh yeah, I didn't think uh, about that. Yeah, that having some spare parts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's it's not only the great thing is that you know there's sometimes there's such similarity in anatomy between certain things or on a certain scale that I can get away with using like uh, mammal finger bones on reptiles mm-hmm. or uh, something like that because you know. <clears throat> Or I could actually take an existing bone in another animal and use it as like like I, I used to use um, like chickens and uh, um, goddamn what are they called guinea fowl right yeah. So oh I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 gr- I grew up with guinea fowl <laughs> and they're not like they're not exceptionally. I mean, I have a fully assembled guinea fowl. It's it's pretty funny looking. Uh, but like the chicken bones, you get like the really thin portions of the bird bones. And so I would actually use those, like cut it like like paper. Mm-hmm. And that becomes like a patch for another bone. And right. then, I mean, it's, it's like there's no manual. I mean, there are actual manuals. There's a guy named Lee Post who wrote manuals about how to put together certain types of skeletons. Uh, but there's like no manual to say like, oh, this is how you articulate things, and this is the type of glue you use, and this is the type of wire you use, mm-hmm. and this is how you repair bones because, you know, different strokes for different folks, of course. Um, 
Well, that's the, gotta... the thing that blows my mind the most, just seeing all this. Like, I've been on the website and stuff and looked around, right. you know, doing my research. I Facebook stalked you a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, just, like, having, getting anatomical accuracy. Like, how do, between different species and groups and stuff like yeah. that, it's like, so, how do yeah, you I keep up with all of it? So I, it's funny because I, I always talk about that on my stream because I try to give people like advice because um, there's no there's no mystery about like I, I would gladly share any information to make somebody's life better because what I do isn't like it's not something you go out and you just like pick up a kit at like the hobby store you know right. you're not you're not I'm not the market is not just going to get flooded with skeletons because mm-hmm. I give up you know my my techniques. But like one of the things I always tell people is if you if you, you know, use dermestid beetles and you get animals out while they're, you know, intact, because dermestids work a certain way where mm. like the interosseous ligaments, you know, the, the connections between the bones will go last. So you can get like like I just did a frilled lizard and uh, the beetles finished it in, you know, record time. But I got it out of there when it was clean, but everything was still together. So the hands and the feet or like almost a hundred percent integrity. And usually what I'll do is I'll take a picture. What I used to do is I used to take pictures of, you know, all the hands and feet, different angles. So I would have an actual physical reference for it because to be honest, you don't find guides like that. The, you know, I was talking earlier about how the, the old naturalists used to do all this stuff mm-hmm. and they'd make their little lithographs and they would do their little complicated uh, anatomical drawings. I've had to use like pre 19th century anatomical drawings to put skeletons together sometimes because it's really hard to get good anatomical references for skeletal uh, um, figures. And I see a lot of skeletons that get put together wrong. I have put together a few skeletons wrong because I went off a guide that wasn't correct. Uh, it's like, if you can, I, I always tell you, you can maintain the integrity of the animal, you know, as is just cleaned and it is, 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 perfect and you know before you have to disassemble it to whiten it and degrease it and do all that just take a bunch of pictures of it take pictures of the rib take pictures of the vertebrae i mean there's no the film's cheap nowadays i hear so you know it's not like it's not like you can't take a like a like a standing recording of the entire you know structure Mm -hmm. and you have that indefinitely and so i have like this big bank of like lizard it's like yeah it's funny i have all these lizard and turtle and you know um hands and feet profiles in like this this folder on my computer and if i ever need it i just go to it but it's funny because i found there's there's a lot of similarity that you can uh, i mean so many lizard uh like hands are almost exactly alike yeah but then you know you get one that has like an extra digit but you know to be that's where i see a lot of mistakes is people kind of think they can get away with it and put something together and then i'll be like oh that's something something about that is uh, just doesn't look right you know <laughs> and i you know here i am sitting in my ivory tower but you know it's like <laughs> i get so concerned about the integrity of it because it's it's not likely that somebody even the owner of that that animal is going to know whether or yeah. not leave something out but it's like i mean just to have the animal in its entirety anatomically correct, it's great because then that animal, like, you know, if, it, if it's a personal piece, that's great. But also if it's an educational piece or a display piece, that becomes like 
that becomes like the metric. People could say, oh, look, an anatomically correct box mm-hmm. turtle skeleton. So that's what I'm, you know, that's right. where that goes or that's what that is. You know, I mean, if you it's a it's a big thing to be able to pride that, uh, I think, you know, if I could draw, I'd probably do like drawings and post them. But I'm a I'm a total shit graphic artist. I, I can only put skeletons <laughs> together. Curse these hands. They can only put skeletons <laughs> together. How many pieces have you done so far? So if I like if you would count. Because I, I do like the little like cloches and tiny jars and stuff with the the smaller skulls i get uh if you would consider that a piece or you're talking about like an entire skeleton i mean just just period like how many of you well if you had to guess if i had to guess i'd probably say i don't know if it's over a thousand but it's probably pretty close Mm mm-hmm you what's know, like? What's the smallest thing you've done? Like, what's the smallest thing someone sent you? Um, the smallest thing I've actually been able to successfully clean. Oh, uh, let's see here. I was able to do a like a hatchling western hognose snake. Hmm. I oh, think that is tiny. I think. I think it was. I think it was probably about eight centimeters long. Yeah, baby, baby westerns are. They are a little small. Mine were tiny. Those are, yeah, those yeah. Are, those are um, tiny. What about the the other end of the spectrum? What's the uh, what's the biggest thing somebody sent you? The biggest thing that somebody has given me, I did. Let's see, um, I've done like a like a five foot green iguana. Oh, uh, I bet you that was fun. Yeah, that's oh, it's actually, cool. I, I absolutely love iguanas. This was a memorial piece that I did for somebody, and it was just such a beautiful animal. And the skin—I I even did the skin for the guy too. And the skin was just because I think green iguanas actually get overlooked at how beautiful their 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 mm-hmm. skin can be with mm-hmm. all the subtle variations, especially like a, like a breeding age male. Um, but yeah, big old yeah, it's probably five foot iguana, ten foot carpet python. <sighs> Um, uh, like, what do you you just have it on like encased in glass on a board or something? Like, when you have something that big, how? Well, how yeah, the carpet it? python was one of the biggest snakes I've ever done for somebody, and they actually just had me put it on like a circular plaque in a in a spiral pattern. Hmm. Oh, okay. Which you know is probably the the I mean that's the space saving option, obviously yeah. because. <laughs> I mean, but I'll tell you what, if somebody came up to me and said, I want this 10 foot animal in a case, uh, I, I, I guarantee you, I could find the case or somebody to make it for me. Mm. You know, the, the only issue is, you know, if you could pay for it, I know that yeah. sounds, but I mean, that's the issue. I, I keep telling people, you know, this guy came up to me at a convention one time and was like, I got this 15 foot reticulated Python and I want you to take it and, uh, put it in this bar case that i have i want to make a tiki bar with a badass snake in it and i'm like bring it on i'm like let's do it you know I, i've never turned anybody i i've never turned anybody down uh unless it's an animal that wasn't like the only time i ever turn people down is uh like when somebody uh tries to give me a snake that they killed uh for no other reason that they that you know they wanted it. you to do that or something no, no, nobody's ever, I don't, 
nobody's ever harvested something for me, mm-hmm. but I, somebody's killed something, you know, like a rattlesnake or like whatever they perceived as a dangerous cottonmouth. And they were like, I killed this on my property. You, you would do anything with it. And, and you know, I, 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 I stay away from like fear kills or nuisance kills in snakes. Uh, I'm just not, you know, not into it. That's not, Hey, well, it's not, it's not how I really want to make my business, you yeah, know. Right. Now, if, if you if you told me that, you know, you, you shot the snake and, you know, you ate it, you know, and then you want me to save the skin for you or somehow salvage the skeleton for you, the skull. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's 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 an animal that was used. It wasn't an animal that was just shot because it, it just happened to be there or right. killed because it was happened to be there. And, you know, here, can you make a trophy out of this? you know, this, this animal that, you know, had absolutely no chance against me. So try to stay away from that stuff. Right. Fair enough. I think, I mean, I, I support that. You ever have anybody come to you and be like, Hey, my grandma just passed last week. (laughs) I got her, I got her her head. Can you you hook a brother up? Oh my God. What time is it? What time is it right now? How far far do we make it before somebody had to bring up the human remains? Yeah, we're we're like 20 minutes. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm sure you get asked that a lot too. Um, People have asked me if uh, I have ever, I've ever done that, you know, and it's illegal, right? Like unless you have some sort of license or something. At least in Florida, ownership of skeletal remains is not illegal as long as they come from like a legit source. But processing human remains is something that you definitely have to have like very specific licensure for. So, no, no. (laughs) But I mean, even if like, would you even want to? No, it would be kind of. I'd be kind of weird. I'd be, yeah, I'd be weird. No, I don't somebody think I, gave me a human head. No, nah, I, I don't think that would weird me out. I, I, I worked in medicine for a while. I worked in the operating room for over a decade. Oh, I got gotcha. so yeah. I have no aversion to blood or guts for no matter the species. It doesn't. I mean, not even that. Know. Just be like, this was a person not that long ago, and they were mm. like alive and kicking, and now. I have yeah, but head. that's gonna. That I mean, that's all of us. You know, as long yeah. as, as I mean, I have no problem because, you know, the larger institutions like Skulls Unlimited and stuff, they they absolutely process, you know, uh, human remains for education. I don't think they do it for collection. I think they do it for educational stuff. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just it, it doesn't. I, I mean, I've done monkeys before. I, you just scale that up 100 times. I yeah. guess it's kind of the same thing without a tail. Uh no, I just I don't really have any interest in, in doing stuff like that. Um, I, I I'm constantly being pushed outside of my comfort zone, uh, with like new and different kind of species because I I like to work on reptiles and amphibians. I do some small exotic mammals, but I try to stay away from domestic animals mm-hmm. uh, because there are better people. I don't do fish, uh, like trophy fish or stuff like that because there are better people. Right. Uh, for those types of jobs there are people that, that just like me they probably cut their teeth on fish or mammals and now that's like they are you know, fantastic at it so I usually refer to those articulators or those animal preservation mm-hmm. specialists not that I don't like to, a challenge every now and then like but I, I'm not gonna like start doing dogs and cats and my pet memorial specialty is memorials for 
the scaly guys, the scaly and and slippery guys. Right. What's the so what's like the the whole process like? Like if I bring you Jake's dog or something. He like, just why, said why no domestic have, animals. Not, like, not, like, God. Dog, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of something why to make Jake squirm. Just bring him one of my snakes, man. My first, know. my first carpet pi- I still have my first carpet python I ever got. My first carpet really? python dies. Yeah. In the freezer? No, I. He's. She's alive. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, just say, just for instance, I'm say, she, say she died because she would be one that I would, that I would. What about that corn on. snake you lost as a kid? Remember that? Why what if you, we did that? Why do you have to bring that up, man? I don't. Like, I don't still have that. I like to see the pain in your eyes. Wow. <laughs> oh jeez! Wow, that was regardless. Uh, that was one dark, of Jake's man. pets or something. All right, so one way or I another, Rambo, by the way, I love one way dog. or another, you, you, it has to it has to get to me. It, it's it's preferable, of course, that the moment the animal dies, you know, it it goes in the freezer. It goes to be frozen, right? And then it, it gets to me, you know, ship it in dry ice or come in. If, you, if you're a local person, I'll meet you out at a convention or I'll drive out to you meet you someplace, pick it up from you. Um, and then I have to, you know, I have to clean it. I have to, I have to, I mean, without using delicate terms, I have to skin and gut the animals because the domestics that I use don't, they're not interested in, they're not the scavengers that show up first. So they don't care about, actually getting into the animal mm-hmm. they're the ones who come in after the after the pickings are pretty much gone and there's like a husk they come in and they, they finish the job that's that's their bag mm-hmm. you know so i have to skin the animal i have to gut the animal and a lot of instances um to make our lives easier um and actually for the beetles as well because you don't want to overload them with food because any anything in the colony that can create moisture or you know grow bacteria you, you try to limit that because mm-hmm. that's the biggest enemy of, of keeping domestic beetles is is the moisture the humidity um but what you also do is you you, you remove as much muscle tissue as you can uh with i mean uh, without going overboard like if I, if I dissect a very large snake skin the snake you know the viscera it's easy enough to remove that stuff but I mean, these larger constrictors have, have, you know, they have back straps. They have very big, yeah, like lateral muscles on this. I mean, they're, fil- I mean, they're practically fillets in, in these larger snakes. And it's best to remove as much as that as you possibly can. And tonight, when I do the BCI, I will, I will, I will cut off as much as I can, cut off as much muscle as I can to minimize the work that the beetles have to do. And because they spend forever trying to get through all that muscle while cleaning other parts of the animal, you know, potentially it could fall. You don't want them to clean it disproportionately. You, they, you want them to, to clean it kind of all simultaneously so that when it's done, the ribs stay on or the hands, like in the case of lizards, the hands are together. Yeah. And that, you know, dermestids are, are very useful for, for that, the integrity, you know, you can, you can keep in a piece. So whatever, cut it up. Uh, I dry it. I typically uh, dry it in a cabinet for enough time to make it, you know, kind of almost jerky-like. Because, again, you kind of have to simulate the conditions under which these beetles are going to encounter it. You know, they're not the, like I said, they're not the they're not the first guys in. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they wait until things been baking in the sun on the side of the road for like, it's typically like seven to 10 days before they, they show up depending on temperature. So they'll come in, you know, and finish the jerky up. That's like their favorite thing, you know? And again, it's great because it doesn't introduce a lot of like moisture to the colony. You can put like, like undried skin stuff in there and they'll go for it. The thing is, if you don't dry the animal down, the interosseous ligaments that I mentioned before won't tense up. They won't dry up. They won't become more jerky-like, and the whole thing will fall apart. They'll actually physically take it apart. There will be no, like, support to it. So it's not that they, they won't eat it if it's not dry. It's just better for the entire process. It doesn't bother them because even with dried, you know, specimens, they get plenty of, like, water through, you know, what they consume and all that. They're pretty hardy animals. Mm-hmm. And so when they're done with it, they got to get the animal out, get the skeleton out you know, persuade the, the hitchhikers to go away, you know, brush them off. I've done a lot of live streams where I show myself brushing beetles out of, you know, uh, skulls and bones and stuff like that. And then different things can happen. I typically will whiten it in some peroxide. And if it needs to be degreased, because, you know, if you ever see yellow bones, uh, like in a construction, that animal is probably like, it's, it hasn't been degreased properly. And that takes forever. In certain animals but i'm lucky because i do smaller animals and i think that i did i did a not uh not 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 nile monitor uh savannah monitor uh pretty a full-grown individual and it, two months it took to decrease mm. in uh and uh i mean but that's pretty typical because it's just a very painfully long process to try to get grease out of bones you ask anybody that works with this it's it, it that's the thing that's and the limiting it, factor. Is it like soaking in something when it's being degreased? Yeah, it's got to soak in. Uh, well, it can soak in a number of things. Um, ammonia uh, works, but I use acetone mm-hmm. because it's cheap and it it's super effective. I mean, it's super effective. Um, that stuff's powerful, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. That, that shit's no joke. <laughs> it is no joke. I mean, it, it it's it's for removing oil-based paint. Yeah. It's an excellent degreasing, uh, you know, um, substance. So yeah, things just sit in there until, until they don't need to anymore. And that's the thing. Again, you just, you kind of just have to like be patient and watch everything, change it, you know, if you need to change it. Cause I've seen it go, I got a iguana from an individual that, somebody had put together you know they did they did a pretty they did a pretty good job at it but the thing was greasy 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 as hell mm-hmm. and when the animal's so greasy even super glue won't connect correctly because there's like a thin like molecular like line of grease around the bone that's not gonna it's not gonna let anything truly stick to it so they all just end up falling apart i think it looks kind of shitty you know it's it just looks greasy it'll actually come out of the bones it actually weep out of the bones Mm-hmm. And dust will stick to it. It's it's not a good look. Um, but yeah, I I had to decrease this iguana for, I think I, again that one took two months and it took four acetone changes. Mm. Yeah, because it was just such a greasy animal, and that has a lot to do with how they cleaned it and you know how whether or not they use beetles or maceration or whatever. Right. So and the acetone doesn't do anything to like the ligaments or anything. At, well, actually, it's fantastic for the ligaments because it uh, it dehydrates them. So oh, if you have okay. like 
if you have like an animal, like you have a hand that went into the peroxide and peroxide is mostly aqueous. So it's bad. And it, it will, and that's not bad, but it will, it'll loosen the ligaments, make them soft. But you know, you dry it out and you throw it in the acetone, the acetone, like it dehydrates it, but it kind of, it's, 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 I don't know the exact chemistry of it, but it's almost like it plastinates the ligaments and makes them very tough, Mm. but they remain flexible and it's it's really useful. So acetone is is the way to go. I used to use I actually used to use like um, soaps, uh, like detergents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that is just oh, that's that's terrible. And I have it easy. You know the articulators that do mammals, you know large thick uh, boned or skulled animals like uh, deer or you know um, uh, you know ungulates and stuff like that. I mean, you can a skull can sit in, in a bucket of degreaser for six months and not be done. Wow, what's for for your stuff? What's the average time on something smaller that was well taken care of? You know, what's well, what's the average? It's funny time? that you mentioned that because when you say well taken care of, um, I dissect a lot of obese pets. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not surprised at all. One bit. Nope, I mean, I, rep, rep, especially reptile, in this hobby. I mean, I. I mean, reptiles aren't supposed to be fat. It doesn't take. No, they're not. You know, as a hobbyist, that's that's not something that anybody should have to tell you. But again, I think a lot of it's just the killing with kindness thing. People want to just give their animal what it wants. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I understand. My dog's been overweight a couple times. She's overweight right now. Do you find yourself doing like your own personal sort of necropsies on all of these as you're prepping them? Uh. I mean, sometimes uh, some people have actually asked me to look to see because um, their animal will spontaneously die or, you know, stop eating. And, you know, they're like in the end, they're like, could you take a look? And was there something wrong with it or uh, but, you know, during a general dissection, yeah, I kind of go through a little review where I look at everything and see like the quality like how much muscle tissue the animal had is have an excess amount of fat. It's just like my own natural curiosity um, to try mm-hmm. to see, you know, what, what kind of like husband, I like, cause the husbandry is very reflective of the internal anatomy of oh, the internal anatomy is very reflective of the husbandry. I believe but it. You can't, you can't escape my watchful eye when it comes like, I will know, <laughs> I will know you have not been giving your animal the right calcium or whatever. Cause I, I could tell. And do you get some on a regular basis where you're like, this thing's too jacked up, especially with lizards with like MBD and stuff where you're like, um, I can't really do anything with this because it's a mutant. Yes. Fortunately, though, those, well, I have gotten animals that have been rescued from like impoverished situations that have ended up, you know, passing mm-hmm. either, you know, after whatever an indeterminate amount of time from the time that they were rescued and you know so i've seen the after effects of like metabolic bone disease and like um like overbreeding like when people overbreed their females and i mean it literally Mm. sucks the calcium right out of their freaking bones and that's not an exaggeration Mm. Uh, I, i have i have been able to like crush skeletons in my hand of female lizards that were overbred um the thing is, though, you know, it's like, I I don't think, I I don't think any of this is malicious, you know, because it's not common. 
I very rarely get an animal with like really bad pathology that I think, you know, and it usually is that situation where the animal was rescued from a previously like, un like, like very unpleasant situation and mm -hmm. they worked with it and they tried to give it what they could and, you know, it, it did okay. Um, so, you know, I, I do see some, I do see some pretty nutty stuff. Um, yeah, two-headed snake one time, which was pretty cool. Oh wow, I bet yeah. you that was neat. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of that was kind of like the the holy the holy grail of skeletal like the snake articulation. I was like, I wonder if I'll ever get a two-headed snake. This guy walks nice. up to me with this. It, well, it didn't. I didn't live very long. A uh, little two-headed uh, boa, a uh, little two-headed BCI, um, you know. And I ended up making a neat little dome piece out of it. I don't know if it's on the website or not. Uh, I think it's on, I think it's on the Instagram page, but I, I really enjoyed doing that. Cause it was really cool to see the, the, the weird, like second yeah. neck. And, and people always ask me like, Oh, that, is that a gap? You know, did you make that? And I was like, no, I mean, you can actually see the pictures of the animal, you know, fleshed and then cleaned as a skeleton. And if I, you know, not to say that somebody wouldn't try to fake something like that, but, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be worth the effort in my estimation. Mm -hmm. But you, you do a lot with, with venomous stuff though, right? You were doing a black mamba on the live stream the other night. Yeah. Uh, so I did, I, I had it. It's funny because right before I got sick, I, I did like the murderer's row of, of like, I did a, 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 I just, I dissected a black mamba. I dissected a, uh, the Western green mamba I was talking about. Um, and I actually did a, pres a couple preservations on some Deathstalker scorpions too. Oh wow! So, um, yeah, it's I've done a fair amount of venomous uh, animals um, or venomous snakes, which is really great because I, I mean, again, I, I've never seen a mamba up close before. I got to see it as close as as as, as you can get to it without yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, everything going going black. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was really cool, you know, to see the, the, you know, you get the, the fang anatomy that's specific to, you know, the elapids and you can see their, how, how just, you know, demonstrations of, of their, their speed, you know, but actually like getting to look at their arsenal up close and seeing, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's almost, it, it is, it's kind of intimidating. And I, 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 I do get a little bit of a, a cold sweat every time I have to work on an animal that, that could potentially kill me. Um, because, you know, if I make a misstep, I mean, you can be envenomated by a dead right, animal. And they're still hot. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I am exceedingly cautious. So, um, needless to say, I, I don't think I'll ever have any employees because I do not want to have to provide the insurance for something <laughs> like that. You yeah. know, uh, Crowfab isn't going to cut it, and I don't think they make that type of stuff. You're definitely going to Miami if you get bit by a mamba. <laughs> yeah. Have you, I'm assuming you've never had a bad instance with uh, with anything like that? No. 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 That's good. Um, not to say, I mean, everything's a possibility, but I am of like... Course. I'm pretty I'm pretty rigid about the way I handle my venomous uh, animal. That's the way there's, it should be. There's, yeah. yeah. But is there so, is the process different with those as far as when you're 
prepping them and they're actually going into the beetle uh, tub no, and stuff like that? Everything, like, what do you do this, as far as the venom glands and stuff? Oh, I mean, the ven- you know, the venoms are just, they're just proteins, uh, you know, on their own. Mm-hmm. So once, you know, once they go through the drying process, and the drying process gets up to like 160 degrees Fahrenheit at some points, I mean, there's a good chance that that's going to denature the proteins. Yeah. And besides, again, the beetles don't care. The venom gland, a dried venom gland is just another muscular sack to them mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll eat it and everything with it and around it and there's there's no issue with it whatsoever it doesn't affect them hmm. they do not care what's uh like what's one species that you haven't done yet but you really want to oh as far as like in general like overall yeah yeah anything oh i would love to put a komodo dragon together I oh absolutely. man that would be that would be like, I don't know. That just to do that for like a zoological institution, because that, that I mean, I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I like to make my original stuff, and I, I really like to do custom work for people. Uh, but I would love to, you know, for somebody to pick me up for like uh, a natural history display in a nature center mm-hmm. or a museum. I would absolutely love to do that. Uh, but a lot of those places actually have on-site. Uh, cleaning areas themselves and they actually do their own uh processing articulation but that would be like the dream is like you know put together this komodo dragon shit i mean i'd probably to be honest for for just i I, i'd almost do it pro bono because it'd be like i got (laughs) i got to put together a komodo dragon skeleton and you know people come to look at it and that would just be like that would be just the best thing I, i think it would just be great um you know, I've already seen them in person, you know, in Komodo or on Komodo. So it's like to do that as well would just be like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just such a yeah. I'm, I'm a real fanboy when it comes to um, like larger lizards. Mm. Um, I just I don't know. I just they're just so impressive and there's so much fun to put together. Like I had a blast doing this last Savannah monitor I did. Because he's just a big old chunky boy with you know, just really cool. I'd like uh, I'd, I'd like to see a croc monitor. Yeah, I actually had somebody approach me about a croc monitor, uh. but haven't uh, pulled the trigger yet. Um, and they say it's like seven foot plus. So I would absolutely love to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's a monster. Yeah, as far as monitors go, I've topped out. I think at the Savannah monitor, which is about. I don't know, three and it isn't that big. Three and they're they're kind of stubby boys. Um, but I would I wouldn't mind. Uh, and I've got smaller mangrove and lace monitors, ackies. Hmm. Um, but I wouldn't mind like a big old croc monitor, water monitor. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I feel like a huge gaboon would be a cool one to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, gaboon is like another one of those things that people are always like coveting and I, I i'm almost there i did i've done uh a few rhino vipers actually okay yeah uh, that's bitis yeah, it's uh, still bitis that's close enough yeah but i mean i would love to just get one of those big fat boy you know gaboons yeah. with you know just i because I, that in itself would i think uh yeah I, somebody recently i think put one together um <coughs> one of the channels uh one of the pages i follow 
Uh, but yeah, they get the Gaboon again. It's I kind of get what I get when I get it. If it's not a custom piece of an animal that's passed away, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's pet, it's like what happens to die? What happens to get sick? What happens to have an impaction or you know injury? You know, it's because it, it, it's not again. It's 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 all kind of the normal death rate among the breeders that I work with. So you've done any cobras? I have not. I have been approached by people about king cobras and cobras before, but that would again, be another cool and a big king. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh, I'd love to. I mean, I won't. Again, I, I won't say no to anything. Uh, that you know, as long as it comes from a good place, and you know. You pay me for it. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> one of those things. Is this isn't a uh, this isn't a it's cheap legal, process? Of course. You know, I, I don't think I ha- I don't think it should be necessary that I mention that that of course, but of course it has to be a species that's legal to work on. You right. know, um, which as far as like legal to keep. Uh, well, not necessarily legal to keep, but you know, it has to be an animal that's not. Uh, you know, threatened or endangered. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So even even if it's dead already, you can't work on it. Like oh, a, like yeah. a, like an well, eastern indigo, for instance. Yeah, I I would not be able to federally protected species. I would have to have. I'm not entirely sure the exact, because I would be able to do something. With, so it's complicated. Like you can't be paid to do certain animals unless there's of course the u.s special wildlife service probably has a permit or you know and the state probably has a permit for stuff like that um there are exemptions of course uh but it's all about the provenance it's all about being able to say yeah this is where the animal came from and you know a paperwork show because like i can work i actually can work on animals that are on like um that are considered uh threatened or endangered but they actually have to be animals that come from a captively raised and bred population. But I have uh, to be, okay. but I have to be able to have the paperwork that says, yeah, that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have to be able to refer back to those people. So, cause you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I understand completely. I mean, that's, and it, it, to be honest, that's one of the things that I always tell people to be careful about, um, even when picking up roadkill and stuff like it, legally you can't do that in a lot of places. Or even if an animal gets waylaid by a car, it doesn't matter. You know, I see alligators get hit on the side of the road, you know, or dead on the side of the road, you know, because I live in Florida. I mean, you can't do anything about it. You can't pick them up. You can't do anything with them. You're not supposed to, you know. But I can work on alligators if I have certain uh, paperwork, if I have certain permissions. Um, like it, it, during hunting season, if somebody has an alligator hunting tag and they bring mm. me an alligator, it's like, I want its skull. And I'm like, okay, give me a copy of your tag, you know, because if I, you know, sell that to him and somebody finds out I did, I mean, again, it's completely legal, but as long as that animal is sourced in that way, or if it's a zoological mm. species, or if it's a farmed animal, but again, I have to I have to be able to look back and say, yeah, that's where that animal came from. Have to be able to prove it. Yeah. Has to hit certain criteria. Well, I mean, so in some cases, it's easy as just a sheet of paper. Right. Because, you know, it, it's as easy as saying that, you know, the origin of this animal is from this point. So, you know, 
if you have issues with, you know, the ownership or whatever. And it, it can get very complicated. Like a lot of the people that do like the larger animals, especially uh, bears and like cougars and stuff like that in the United States, there are a lot of places you can own them, but you can't pass them over state lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't or you can't transfer from one state to another or, or whatever. So th- there are a lot of rules that you have to be careful about. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for me, but, you know, also unfortunately in the respect of, you know, wildlife protections, not a lot of like reptiles are like nat- native reptiles are very well protected. And there's actually quite in some places, there's quite loose collecting laws. And that's why I'm very careful about the, the, the animals that I take, because there are a lot of places where you could just drive into, you know, public lands and pick up a corn snake and it's totally legit it's fine yeah you know um and i'm not you know i'm not again i'm not in the business of of kind of supporting that type of thing because again there's there's plenty of it within the industry there's no need to do that type of stuff anymore right you're not seeding a new bloodline or a new generation or anything you're not you know just i mean yeah it's okay to import animals legally every now and then but i'm not talking the whole the hundred percent of the you know population should never be imported. It, I mean, this is all opinion, of course. You know, uh, this is how I feel mm-hmm. about whole because I used to be a, I used to be a hobbyist. You know, there's tons of people captive ownership. I think it's great. It can introduce people to you know some amazing animals and concepts and erase people's preconceptions about certain animals. And you know, I think it's a great thing it, as long as you know you just you just got to. Just gotta be cool about it. <laughs> you just you know. Yeah, be smart. Yeah. I feel like a, cas- a cassowary skull would be pretty sweet too. Oh man, it would. Cool the birds. That, that would be really fucking cool. Freaking dinosaur, dude. Yeah. I'm like birds, obsessed yeah. with cassowaries, man. Dude, I, I took a selfie. But... I took a selfie with one of the alligator farm. I'm so proud of just, that. I, if you, if I saw that coming at me in the wilds of New Guinea, I would probably piss myself. Oh yeah. A giant black. Just, I don't think that would do you any good. Death machine, dude. It's a dinosaur. You see man. it coming at you, dropping big That's... green eggs. Oh my god! I, I would, you know, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it until you know. But it's like legit, like the only bird that's like ever. Well, I I think it's like the bird responsible for the most deaths in the world. Oh, because... I, have, I have no doubt. Yeah, no. You know, Those things are bad to the bone. You don't bone, hear people man. getting killed by ostriches and emus. Mm-mm. Yeah, the cassowaries because they'll kick you with the. Apparently, they'll they'll gut you with their claws or something like that. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it'd be like getting attacked by a bear. It's just surreal. It's like I'm about to die at the hands of a giant bird. Yeah, man, dude. Because seeing what because out this uh, or last year, last year technically now. And you can see. La- the, yeah, you can last see year. Eyes. Yeah, dude. Last year they I was at the alligator farm and they had one and man it was right up at the at the front of the enclosure at the glass and man just looking at that thing I think it looks like it stares in your freaking soul, dude. Oh, they're they're you. nuts. They're like, dude, like I dare you. I dare you to step. You. I, I dare you to step over here, man. You're done. <laughs> it, those things are. Oh God, man, they're nuts. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like the creeping hand. The the, the animal's gonna break free, and all it's gonna think about is you. And it's, oh, it's gonna be <laughs> like great. that movie. Uh, it follows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just everywhere you. you go, the cassowary just constantly pursuing you for yeah. the rest of your life. I don't know what it is about those things, man, but it's just like 
that is a crappy way to go. Yeah, that would suck. Like, it literally, I used to be and Phil were talking about this the other night. Like, those things are more dinosaur than like any crocodilian. Yeah, in my I, opinion, I was will gonna ever say, be. aren't aren't cassowaries the closest thing to living dinosaurs that we have? Or know. one of them. I wouldn't be surprised. I thought they're, I mean, uh, maybe not. Like, I'll straight up do a whole cassowary episode on this show. I don't even care if it's I would love to, man. If we find a cassowary expert, let's do it. 100%. I, wonder, uh, I don't think I've ever actually seen a cassowary before. Apparently, they're, there's, there's oh, farms in Florida. Wow, I wonder, do the, what's the, what's the, what's the push? I mean, do they make big eggs or something? Yeah, or? they do. They make these huge, like, lime green eggs. Oh, you weren't joking about the green yeah, eggs. No, they're seriously oh. big green I eggs. I did not know that. Like we were when I when we were at Daytona, I was sitting with Phil uh-huh. and Matt Jansen. And Matt, I guess, has worked with some cassowaries before in the past. We just had this whole like hour and a half long conversation about just how brutal those things are. He's like, they'd go in there to get eggs or something, and they literally had a riot shield with them to like what? fend these things off because they knew as soon as they went in and they went anywhere near the nest. Like she was coming for you. Like oh yeah, happening. man! I'm surprised they had a just a shield, man. That that I wouldn't have gone in there. That the shield or not, I wouldn't have gone in that enclosure. Bump that, man. Nope. He said you go to the fence and they'd come, and they just watch you. They just wait. They're oh like, my you god! Really, you guys are really bugged out by these birds, dude. Huh? They're freaking dude. sweet, man. Yeah, yeah, I know they're awesome. They're not, but I just think they're amazing animals, man. They're oh, they're incredible. Pretty wicked. Yeah. Terrifying. But fascinating at the same time. Like getting killed by an orca. That's another thing where I'm like, Dude, oh my god, that is the worst way to go. A what? An, an orca, orca. Like a killer whale. Like being a, being a killer whale's plaything. You've been watching too much. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, that's what made me go. Like this is <laughs> oh, easily one of the worst way to die. That is that that movie is that movie's hard to watch. It's but it's it's like it's like so bad it's good movie. But I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. That was. Yeah, well, I'm talking about that documentary they did. Oh, Blackfish? Yeah. Yeah. Because they had the footage of, like, the trainer and, like, this whale would, like, he it started, it, like, turned on him, more or less. Oh, yeah. I'm not blaming the whales at all. Like, whatever. If I was cooped up in a cage like that, too, I'd be like, hey, I got a new toy, and it's this guy swimming with me like a jackass. And it it literally would, like, grab his foot and pull him to the bottom. And then as he was swimming up, it would, like, let him get, like, five feet to the surface, and it'd pull him down again. Yeah. I remember. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I I remember that. The clip clip that always sticks with me in that one is um, the the same thing you're talking about. It it did it to a a woman, but it broke her freaking arm when it it tugged her down. And all I remember is, like, the scene where she's kind of paddling towards the edge of the pool to get away. And one of her arms is like at this just janky ass angle because, oh. and it was like holy, you know, because it was probably effortless for that thing just to. Oh just yeah, oh yeah. I think don't um, give a shit. Are you kidding me? That no. Yeah, no. and I was like that. That's that's one of those things that definitely stuck with me about and the documentary was pretty uh, bracing, but that that something about limbs at the wrong angle. Ah. I can't deal with and I was like oh that's like, that's the one thing you can't deal with out of <laughs> out of the you stuff you said have, you you could tolerate yeah, that it's not drowning you know you're drowning so much it's... adrenaline pumping through her body because the look I remember the look on her face was nothing like it would have been for me I mean I I, I, I mean she was just trying she 
all indications from what I recall look like she was just paddling gently to the side of the pool with that fucked up arm sticking up like a clock hand. And I'm like, I, I cannot believe how, I mean, she must have been on some serious adrenaline just not to be freaking the hell Jeez, out. Man. Just, to me, like, the thing that, that's scariest about them is just the fact that it's, like, they're intelligent. Like, they know exactly what they're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no mistake. It. It's not like it. a crocodile where it's just instinct. It's like, no, like, dude, I'm, I'm bored. I'm going to play with you. Gonna, we're going we're gonna <laughs> to have some fun. Yeah. We're going to have some fun tonight. You're in my world, bitch. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth. <laughs> See you know, it's funny. The moment, the moment you mentioned like cassowaries, and then we're on this thread of animals that, like, would be terrible to die to. You know, what's funny is it's not funny, but I, I, I read about um, in South America, giant ant eaters killing several people. You ever what? heard that? No. Because you know the big old, you know, they're like they're huge. They're huge, where, gigantic. They where, rip into those gi- but they rip into those oh. giant termite mounds, and they have those those freaking claws, freaking like long, massive machete, basically. Yeah, they yeah. actually killed like several people by like just disemboweling them because the Good animal God. they cornered the animal and it, it attacked them. It's, I mean, this thing looks like a muppet. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's got a tongue. It does. It's got, it's got it's got it's got a, a noodle for a nose, but got, the damn thing can kill you. you got like, killed by Snuffleupagus. Oh my god! I mean, they're no joke either. I mean, but it's like talk about like weird things that can right. That can... But imagine that being on your obituary. Like he got killed by an ant eater. You're like, man, I couldn't be killed by something cooler like a bushmaster, uh, or like, <laughs> like a tiger shark or something. Like I got killed by a damn ant eater. Yeah, ant eater. So everybody on. thinks about like, oh, it's an ant eater. Nah. I've heard the same thing. Like tapers. You ever seen tapers in zoos? Tapers. Oh, the little. Uh, They're like the horses uh, with like the, yeah, the, the little, pig nose uh, sort of thing. Oh yeah. Apparently, I remember at one point as a kid hearing a story at one of the zoos. I think in Virginia, a keeper got like her arm bitten off by one of those things. Good God. Oh come on! I believe it, dude. Those, like those, they, I've heard stories that those that things. That sounds like horseshit to man, me. They're friggin' herbivores. I don't. I don't know, man. Apparently, when they get when they get rowdy, they get pissy. They get. They don't play. She must have been made out of paper mache or some Maybe. shit. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'd imagine those big horse-like chompers getting on you and holding on tight enough. They Maybe just... If you were small enough. Maybe. I don't think I could take your arm off. I don't know. But... I ain't going <laughs> to find out. I ain't, I ain't taking yeah, that test. No. Definitely. Just reminded me of that. Uh, I don't know. You saw it. It was in the, it was in the news uh, a while back in uh, China, a... Uh, crocodile bit off one of the keeper's hands mm-hmm. and they had a or arms actually bit his arm off like a, a halfway up the forearm and they actually had the picture of the the crocodile legit holding his hand in the enclosure oh yeah i did see that oh. he was just sitting there and, and they actually got dripped. it they actually got it back from the crocodile and where it was able to according to the article who knows the guy could have fucking died horribly in pain but they said <laughs> that they got it reattached and they showed some guy in a hospital bed like give him the thumbs up and i was like oh okay dude, well, at least dude, he's got i'm not gonna li- i'm not gonna lie like if if my hand got bitten off and it was an alligator's mouth and it got to be reattached that'd be pretty fucking badass that'd be that'd be pretty i i'd, I'd like, say that that's 
that would be you get your metal card. You're yeah, like metal. this this hand right here was it a crocodile's mouth? Just got ripped off my body at one point. Yeah, it was a, but you can like like look at your grandkids and like pull up that picture and be like, yeah, that's Grandpappy's that's arm. That's Give me a high five. Mouth, <laughs> I can't feel anything. This <laughs> arm right here. Sometimes scars. <laughs> Let me use my strong hand. But you see that though, those like the guys in Thailand, the alligator, like the showman dude that yeah. do the, oh. you know where they stick like half their body in. Yeah. it's like you're rolling those dice every like probably yeah. you're rolling those dice so hard. Once boy. out of every like fifty times you're doing that, you're gonna get bit. Yeah. I've also seen quite a few of those like compilation videos where it shows those guys getting their friggin' heads whopped on because the, mm. you know yeah, yeah the I've animal does close the animal does close its mouth. Yeah, that bead of sweat dropped in its mouth. Bop. Yep. That's all it takes. Is I that didn't think about it. I bet little... you that's what it is, too. No, yeah, it's yeah. what it is a lot of bit. If a little bead of sweat falls, anything touches the inside of that mouth, that's what. Bow. Lake Placid. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> but going back to <laughs> what topic. we're here to talk about. <laughs> a little bit of a tangent. That's okay. No, we like it. That's what we're all about, man. That's what Orcus. we do. Uh, is the process different or more difficult with different species between like snakes and lizards and turtles? Now, the general process is the same. It's just the degree of difficulty. Like, obviously, dissecting a turtle is hard. Um, the bigger the turtle, actually, the easier it's going to be. And, of course, you know, barring the graphic imagery, because I could stick my whole hand inside of it and pull out everything I need to. Um, uh, because I don't, cut the, I don't cut the bridge. If it's not a turtle that doesn't have a separate carapace and plaster on, like mm -hmm. a soft shell or something... I don't cut the bridge, so I, I have to do everything through the aperture, and it can be like, cleaning it is not that big of a deal, because I can leave some stuff, dry it down, the beetles don't care, they'll just destroy it, and, you know, they don't bother with the scutes, they don't touch dermal shields, but of course, dermal shields can be different, um, and they can be super fragile in some species or not, but then, you know, but putting it together through the aperture sometimes can be like, or the front and back, you know, openings in the shell. Right. It'd be like putting a ship in, like, a sh uh, putting together a ship in a bottle. So, I mean, everything, you know, all the steps are kind of the same, but it's just like the tricks that you got to use are a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't do anything exceptionally different uh, for it, it, but it's all. It, a lot of it depends on the diet of the animal. You know, if the animal is like really fatty and overfed, it's going to be greasy. It's going to take longer to dry. It's going to take longer um, to degrease, obviously, because it's going to have more, you know, fatty acids in it yeah. that get bone. Uh, if it's if it's gone off a little bit, sometimes I get things that aren't exactly like or weren't found immediately or can be a little, you know, ripe. That has a lot to do. I mean, that can stain bones and that can lead to smaller bones being broken down or eaten by beetles because it, everything kind of looks and tastes the same when it starts deteriorating. So condition of the animal, size of the animal. Um, my beetles don't show any preference for one animal over the other. They don't like, uh, you know, food is food to them. As long as, like I said, as long as it's prepared a certain way, they don't really turn their nose up at anything. It's just, you don't try to give them things that like, I see some articulators will try to like, you'll have a wet specimen that's preserved in formalin and that, you know, that, that changes the, uh, the chemistry of, of the tissue. And Definitely. then people will take it out 
and they'll they'll try to like rinse them or soak them. One of the tricks that, that people try to tell you is that you soak it in like beef or chicken bouillon several times. And you, you, what you do is you diffuse the remaining formalin, the formaldehyde in, in the tissues. But, uh, you know, I've got news for you. You're not going to get rid of it because it is the tissue. It's it's. And you're just kind of masking it for the beetles to eat it. And that type of stuff is stuff like I stay away from because it's dangerous to the beetles. Like I, I don't do stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of, and it, it, the quality of the bone goes down and all that. And again, like I said, if an animal has pathology that I, I can't see externally, I might have to like whiten it for uh, like a much less amount of time or, or use a more dilute solution because the bone is extremely delicate or I might, you know, have to throw up my hands and say i can't do anything about this and are, are Which, snake skulls pretty difficult as far as like keeping the like do you ever have teeth and stuff fall out when you're yeah teeth fall out probably most frequently in the worst is when the whole skull falls apart yeah um because you know it's not excessively hard to get back together if you've done it a few times but it's really freaking annoying. There's just a lot of moving parts there. I'd imagine that yeah, would be like the most frustrating parts. part when you go and to every snake. Every snake is different. Like a cobra's head or a mamba's head is different than a rattlesnake's head and a, a western hog nose's head and a rat snake's head mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a python's head. You know, because the bones, the maxillary bones, and the nasal bones, <laughs> and all the other bones, they're different proportions. They're in slightly different proportions. Excuse me, positions based on like dentition of the animal because you know you guys i don't have to tell you your your tree boas and your pythons have just got like wicked ass teeth yeah so they have huge premaxillary bones you know i mean for the for the size of you know their skulls they have very large premaxillary bones that have to carry those giant teeth so their skulls are, are a lot different than you know other uh snakes i mean fundamentally the same as far as like parts but just different like sizes and, mm-hmm. and uh, positions I just, that's the first thing I think of anytime I see people articulating stuff like snakes is like, man, that skull must be a nightmare. <laughs> now this, I mean, again, you can keep, if you use beetles and you're, you're diligent about it and you get it out, everything stays. The snake skulls are pretty good about staying together. The ligaments in between them are pretty tough mm-hmm. and they'll shrink down. And the beetles largely ignore them. So you'd have to leave it in there pretty long for them to disassemble the skull now the body's a different story because the ligament between the rib and the vertebrae or the vertebrae themselves is not as robust and if you let them go at it they'll disassemble those mm-hmm. readily you know but uh lizards are also an absolute nightmare uh to get together as far as the skulls the, the skull falls apart because you talk about diversity in uh form you know that's lizards to a t so you've got so many different types of skulls and so many different, you know, um, like overlapping thinner bones, you know, on the palate, in the nasal area. And those those bones, when they grow and they develop, they grow together. It's like the bones of a turtle shell. Yeah. They grow together. They're not, I mean, if they come apart, getting them together is very, very hard because all of the little points and spicules and, and dents that have grown together since the animal, you know, you know, was born are so linked together that like once you put one side in, it's impossible to get like 
another side in without moving the one side that you already have in. It, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like everything fits together so perfectly, it has to all come together at the same time to fit it all. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I usually have to like modify, like when I put turtle shells together, which I don't like to do very often, uh, you, you have to do some modifications or else you're going to end up with gaps or it's it's very, very difficult because the associations are so tight between those bones. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at the, I mean, you can even see it in the younger turtles. I get younger turtles and their, their, their carapaces and their plastrons aren't fully ossified. So they just have like all these little plates that are kind of like floating there, you know, yeah together and on the top i've actually i actually did a burmese like a juvenile burmese uh, tortoise two of them and one of them you can actually see the ribs because the shell hasn't ossified it hasn't grown together yet so it's basically just this umbrella of ribs making up the top part of this this little tortoise Hmm. and the shell's typically over it but I, i i did one without the shell to illustrate that you know this is you know, to show the ribs and which would eventually, of course, grow on the sides together to form the shell. And you can, you know, I, I even turtles that are of a decent age, I can get them in along the marginal areas or on the sides. There's still these big gaps that, that haven't filled in even then, you know, at that age. Um, and there's like little windows on the sides. So, oh, you know what else would be cool? A Euromastics. Hmm. Oh yeah, I've done that several. Be... Really? That's oh cool. yeah, they're really cool. They got these uh, these little buck teeth. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, they do. Know. Yeah, that's funny. I've and kept I'll... a few over the years. That's probably one of my favorite lizards to keep. Was Euromastics? They're so yeah, Euromastics are 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 fun to do. Uh, I've done a few of them as memorial pieces. But what's also really good about them is that they're agamids, mm-hmm. um, so their tail doesn't drop. Right, right. Which is really good because, and I always say this, you know, I, you know, what I tell people about like working with certain animals is like when a lizard's tail drops, it's not, it's not breaking between the vertebrae. It's actually, the bone is breaking. The Mm -hmm. bone is shearing off because every tail vertebrae in the animals that lose their tail is two pieces. So it's a very thin association. So, you know, if you don't know that, and you start handling this, the, the bones, they'll all separate into two smaller pieces. Like iguanas can be an absolute nightmare if you're not careful because you'll end up with double the number of tail bones because each one will split into two. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it's like this little perforation along which it breaks. Yeah. It, you know, and it, it with with like Euromastics and bearded dragons and agamas and uh, the frilled lizard I'm doing right now, the agamids and chameleons. They don't drop their tail, so you don't have to deal with that nonsense because that just adds another dimension of, of headache, you know. So, hmm. but iguanas are fun to do. Uh, larger iguanas are fun to do. What's the oddest species you've done? The oddest species I've done is probably the most bizarre. Uh, probably I'd have to say the mata mata. The Mata Matas. Yeah, I've actually, I think I've done three or four Mata Matas at this point because they're they're not exceedingly popular in the industry, but they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just, I mean, you 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 have to just all, you only have to look at them to see how odd they, I mean, Mm -hmm. how odd they look, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, perfectly adapted to their environment. But 
and their skull is so ridiculous because the, the, the top of their cranium is so flat and their their lower jaw is so pathetic. <laughs> it is. It's like this tiny little brace that because the, 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 the jaw on a, on a Mata Mata only serves to open and close the mouth. That's it. It, ha- it has no, almost no function other than just to be the door. Because they've got to, you know, again, with the softshell turtles and, like, the highly aquatic turtles that use, like, suction feeding, they've mm-hmm. got those gigantic, badass hyoid complexes that, I mean, if you look on, on my page, um, am I allowed to shout out my page? Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, my page uh, at the Articulate Reptile uh, on Instagram, you go back, I've got several Matamatas there, but you'll see, like, behind the, the, the little pathetic jaw starts this gigantic complex of of like these these horns and this like central like disc and basically it's the hyoid complex and in those turtles it's it's highly ossified so it's it's almost completely bone while in other species it'll only be semi-ossified because they don't use as much suction feeding because if you've ever seen those guys they they'll suck like fish in yeah it's like a freaking crazy vacuum that happens in like a split second yeah yeah, and so they use that that hyoid to generate that that much downward force in their throat, and it's just it, it's it's bigger than their freaking head, and you know their their tiny little eyes and their gigantic, like, um, like oracle like their their ear openings mm-hmm. where the little you could see the little stapes rolling around in there, and you know it's just this big flat ridiculous cartoonish looking head, and then they have this massive you know long neck and they're the side neck turtles so their neck is adapted to move to the side so it's it's completely different than the other turtles that you know you work if you work with like box turtles or um soft shell turtles or anything that can hide its neck like that like i did i've done australian snake neck turtles too because they have that side neck and it's just so odd and their shell it's like kind of it's patterning is just really cool Mm -hmm. and they're their coverings, like I mentioned before, the scutes on so like tortoises and box turtles and stuff like that, they're very thick and robust and, you know, a healthy animal. They're hardy. You can peel them off and put them back on, um, you know, if, if you need to do that to like to, to rebuild the piece. But with Mata Matas, it's like their their dermal coverings are, are just like paper. And they break oh. down so readily, you know, uh, it's mm. almost, it's really hard to preserve them because they're not, it's almost like it, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a very light covering as opposed to like the very, you know, uh, water resistant, you know, stuff you'd find even, you know, even on like the river turtles and stuff you find in North America, they have decent, you know, dermal shields. And I've always wondered why the Matamatas had that type of, you know, covering. I, I don't know. But again, it's like one of those things you figure out when you get, up close to these animals but they're they're probably they're probably one of the oddest things i mean the two-headed snake of course um was an odd piece yeah uh the matamatas are odd i'm gonna have to look that up because that just those things are sweet man oh um the uh i did a budgets frog which is awesome Oh, those are cool. Because, yeah. you know, they look absolutely ridiculously cartoonish and yeah. silly with these tiny little, you know, pinny eyes, these little, little dot eyes and these big, huge mouths. But they have these gigantic odontoid teeth. And, you know, they're like, if you look at the skeleton, I think there's one on my page as well. 
it's it's ninety five percent head. It's ridiculous. It, it hmm. but you know, it's like a Pac Man frog. It is. I've done a I've done a Pac Man frog too, and it's the same thing. It's just giant gaping mouths filled with these pointy, I'd say teeth. They're not true teeth, but you know teeth. You know functionally, because I don't. I mean, I can't imagine being bitten by one of those things. And I've seen those videos of those Pac Man frogs putting out serious sass and. Yeah, they, they they could be mean little buggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, but odd, I guess, is relative. You you could. Yeah, I, mean, I guess like like the most unusual or rarest sort of like thing you don't see every day. Something that's well, like really I mean, the mambas out. the mambas are definitely a new experience for me, and I'm like I was totally stoked to be able to add that to the list. Um, but I mean, it comes like that. Like I've done, um, the temple, I've done a temple viper, oh, cool. uh, which is absolutely gorgeous snake. Um, Serastes, uh, desert horn viper. Yeah. I, I already mentioned the rhino vipers, a couple of eyelash vipers, uh, the bothrops, I think. Uh, and those are just cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, oh, um, Bert, I did a, I did a, what's called a Burton's legless lizard, which is a, Hmm. Yeah, I've um, seen those. The little pygopodid yeah. things uh, from Australia, which apparently they're as common as as, as flies over there. Mm-hmm. That's like their anole. They you got, know, like, they're the really pointy anole. face. Yeah, they have really pointy face, and you know they swim through the litter and all that. That was cool. That was a neat little experience to be able to do that. Um, a glass lizard along the same vein. Um, so yeah. yeah. Nice. Just, I'm probably like overlooking some, but <laughs> when you when do you, so oh, many, say when you've you done know. that many, I'm sure you have to really uh, dig through the memory Hinge bank. tortoise is is one that I recently <laughs> worked on, and they're nutty little guys because they have like this big bulbous, like posterior portion of of their uh, of their carapace, and it's 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 partially hinged on either side. Mm-hmm on the top instead of the bottom you know a lot of a lot of turtles have hinged plastrons these guys have a hinged carapace and that that was a little weird um and they're hard to work with too because you know since i don't remove the the bottom portion of the shell the the aperture on them is very tiny so that's really like building the ship in a bottle and that's that's a nutty little uh uh tortoise species that i uh enjoyed working on Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool Well, we are at the conclusion of episode 65. Yeah. Um, where can people find you if they have something they want articulated or if they just want if, to see all the cool stuff you do? Well, if you want to see some of the cool stuff that I do, um, again, you can check out my Instagram page at, at the Articulate Reptile. Same uh, Facebook page handle, although everything's mirrored uh, from the two. So uh, you follow one, you don't really need to follow the other. Uh, prefer Instagram, you know, um, and you know, you look me up on either one of those sites and send me a message. I, I will quickly respond and try to help you the best way I can. And if you don't have, uh, I, I can't, I, if I can't help you, I'll definitely refer you forward to, uh, um, another one of the, uh, uh animal preservation specialists in the community that can help you out. So awesome. Yeah, that's probably the best way to get a hold. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. 
Cool. Awesome, well, man. We appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on the show and uh, talk to us about what you do, man. Hey, you know, worries. Uh, I, you know, I always appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk about what I do and and giant uh, killer birds and orcas, <laughs> <laughs> whatever else. All the horrible whatever, ways whatever. to get killed by various wildlife we, we, we flew off on so yeah man uh, and if uh if you're not busy february 8th we got a carpet fest in melrose florida so if you're uh if you're anywhere near melrose and you know not doing anything you should pop on by it's outside of gainesville yeah yeah you can see me uh in the flesh uh yeah man uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. yeah yeah but yeah we'll be there so if uh if you're there hit us up and uh we can link up all right well uh I, uh, Jacob. Yeah. Justin. Yep. Yes. All right. Well, you guys, I, you guys are a couple of mensches. I totally appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity. Uh, it was a blast talking to you, and I hope, uh, I hope I'll, uh, you know, get to talk to you guys again in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, man, for sure. See you later. All right, man. Take care. All right. All right. <laughs> right. Take right. it easy. All right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Now. Yeah. Are we off now? No, not yet. No, no. Okay, okay. What about now? No, I'm not right now. <laughs> Have a good evening. All right, take care, guys. Later, man. You know that's funny. He says that because it reminds me of the coroner here in town. You ever, you ever meet the coroner? No. The really big black guy. He's not like crazy. Ever. He's like taller than me. He's huge, dude. Jeez. I probably you see, him. you see him around town. He's like, I'll see you later. It's kind of creepy. Shut up, dude. Yeah, he's like, I'll see you later. No, you won't. And then the other corner, because there's like two of them, right? Yeah. Alternate. He comes in the cigar shop all the time. And I'm like, how's business? He goes, dead. Like, so, dead so fucking morbid. Like, no, like, he's not joking, nothing. He's like, dead. Dead. Those guys see some stuff, man. Yeah, man. I, my mom, my mom used to work for a, uh, a funeral home and so she's seen I have a, a buddy that works at Anderson she says she's seen some uh, he goes and picks up bodies and stuff done some she's like, seen I want to go on a ride stuff. along she said she uh, she's had bodies where they're just like laying there and Austin they'll just oh my god dude no like they'll just gone. they'll I'd just exhale man I'm like dude no Hell way no. my my mom's got some creepy ass stories from when mm-hmm. she was working there man I, I couldn't do it I don't know I did I just, not I get that wanna... I did not get that thing from her. I want to do a ride along. I don't want that. No, my mom says, and she's like been there straight up by herself, middle of the night in a thunderstorm, and has had crap like that happen. You know, and I'd be punching a a body. Yeah, dude, I'd be out so fast. (laughs) Nope, get me out of here. But this is episode sixty-five of the Herbeticulture Podcast. This episode was brought to you by. Steve Snake Jewelry with his venom sauce. He actually posted a really cool video that I posted yeah, on our page I the saw other day that. that took like all the stupid commercial green yep. snake repellents. Snake and re- like, go right through them. Species loose in a little pen area, yeah. and they all went right over all of them. Yep. So Steve's a good guy. Yeah, Steve's awesome. So check him out. Get yourself some hot sauce. Support him and his Snake Jewelry. He does awesome stuff. He's uh, we're auctioning. A set of hot sauces oh, for the SCCF. Are we? Awesome. So yeah. If you want to try them hot sauces, you, you should, can uh, bid on them. Because in the, the process of doing that, that money is going to You're helping some awesome stuff. So do it. Just 
get the hot sauce, man. February eighth. I don't know what you're waiting for, but be there or be square. Yes, Carpet Fest, be there. We will be there with bells on. Justin said he's only wearing a bell. The entire that when I say only, I mean only oh, a bell. I was unaware that this was happening, but okay. I mean, you know, you said it, so. I, you know, cover cover your eyes. <laughs> Shield thy eyes. Subscribe but, via SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Google Play. Play. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Herpeticulture Podcast. You can follow me at J.O.B. Morelia on follow Facebook and Instagram. me at Palmetto Coast Exotics on Facebook and Instagram. And, um, yeah, check out the Articulate Reptile. And, Very uh, cool stuff. Yeah. Live streams pretty regularly. Yeah, so definitely. You get to watch him actually if, do all this stuff. If you're not, he has, he has a pretty, he has a big following. But if you haven't heard of him, uh, if you're living under a rock like me for a long time, um, check him out. Because um, this stuff is really freaking awesome. It's very cool. So, it's an art form. Yeah, it's absolutely. an art form. I don't care what anybody says. And it's it's great to you know have a memorial to you know pets like that. So like, there's a lot involved. Absolutely. You know, it's not just like yeah, pull a skeleton out, put it on a plaque. Cool. And that's it's why like, I can no, only imagine like, the frustration that he gets when somebody's like, "Hey, I want you to do a you know a ten foot berm." Like, I okay, wanted, but I it, wanted by next week. Yeah, but and then they're like, you know. Yeah, I'm only gonna pay you 200 bucks to do. You know, I have, like, my budget's 200 dollars, and he's like, "Okay, give you a third of a snake." Like, dude, this isn't, you know, It'll be it's, the back third. I can only imagine how frustrating, how often he gets that man. Sure People who just wants, who want this amazing piece for like you know, tattoos, absolutely it's nothing. Just like the tattoo thing. Yeah, like you're paying for the skill. You're paying yeah. for the artistry. You're not it's, paying for the. This took me a long time to right. master, dude. Like, <laughs> but, but, anyways. This concludes another episode of the Herpeticulture Podcast. Episode 65. Episode 65. Closing it on a hundo. Are we going to add a hondo this year? I yeah, because if we stay true, if we stay there should only be a few weeks out of the year where we take off. So I think 2020 we might hit 100. Maybe. If we sneak an extra episode in there somewhere, maybe. I mean, there's, 50, there's 52 weeks. If we do an episode every week minus a couple, I mean, we only got, yeah. we only got 35 more. So... I don't. I don't see us either. missing twenty weeks I don't of, see us either, but. of episodage. Our anniversary's year, so. coming up, buddy. What is it? March. March. You have to do something big for that too. Two year anniversary. Gotta, we got to do a video. Bearded dragon. <laughs> I'm okay. Skinner. I'm, no, we're. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We love you. <laughs>